About 32 years ago, I moved to the sunny coast. 19, the end of 1992 it was. And uh, bought a, a business, our family, uh, as a managing trustee for our family, we bought a business. And I'd had a business degree and had run a business for someone else for a couple of years. So I was stepping out into, you know, I, this is what we determined. We we're going to make money, employ Christians, and give lots of money to the church and the kingdom and people who needed it. And we figured because our motives were right, it would just be a breeze. Come on. How awesome was that? However, as I got into business, I realized that, and God even gave us some promises about, about what he wanted to do with us. So I'm like, oh, I've got promises. I've got good intentions. I'm sincere. This is going to be a breeze. And then I hit reality. And it was horrible. And it was, it was depressing and it was not successful at all. And we, at different points, we were losing lots of money. And, and I walked into, at that point, this church was, ju- was about to be, it was just starting small groups. And I walked into, my parents were in another church in Noosa, and I walked into a small group that they had, and the person was sharing about faith. And they were talking about, particularly Joseph, and in Psalm 105, it says this, that until the time for his word came to pass... Until the time for his dream came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And it was the first indication I'd had that between a promise from God, which is potential, and the reality of God's promise coming to pass in the here and now, there's testing, there's a journey, and the thing that unlocks the promise into reality is this little thing called faith. And so I've learned, about that time I came across a book, we were were part of C3 Church at that point called Christian City Church with Phil and Chris Pringle, I came across Pastor Phil's first book called Faith, and I began to read it, and I began to devour it, and this whole world, I grew up in church, a denominational church, a Pentecostal experience, but I'd never really heard about this thing called faith. And so I began to devour this book and listen to messages as, as God took me on a journey of learning what faith is and why it's an important ingredient. It's an important part of every Christian's uh, toolbox. You're not going to see the fulfillment of God's blessing and best and, and everything he's got for you and I without this thing called faith. So just because I'm pumped about it right now, I, I ordered for our church 75 of these. Who's got Pastor Phil's book, Faith? Give me a wave. All right, so so many, so many don't. So I ordered this book. We're selling it to you, I think, like $17.50 it cost us. We're selling it for $18. So we just want to basically get them in your hands. So there's a stack of them you can get later on afterwards. And I'll, you'll understand a bit why today this is an important topic. Let's start out at Matthew chapter 11, verse 20 to 24. Matthew chapter 11. The the context of this is Jesus, the day before, had walked past a tree, uh, seen that that tree, that that little plant, had no fruit, and so he cursed it. He he was hungry. He wanted fruit. The the tree was there. There was no fruit on it. Reminds me some of the fruit things in our garden right now, but anyway, there's no fruit on it, and he cursed it, and then the next day, so he went into Jerusalem with his disciples, and then they came out, and the tree had died. Literally because of his words, not because he had bad breath, not because he put some roundup in it, not because of anything except that he just spoke to it. And so Jesus, when the disciples were like, that's crazy. How did that happen? Jesus began one of his object lessons of one of the themes that you'll find through the New Testament. And this is what he says. 
Uh, let's go to, to verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Everybody say, have faith in God. I have faith in God, not the universe, not, not, you, not yourself, but faith in God. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, say whoever, whoever says to this mountain, a literal mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, okay, but says to this mountain, uh, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Next verse. He'll have whatever he says. Are we on the next verse? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. This little fig tree cursing moment, as many moments Jesus had, becomes a teaching moment. Who had parents who love to just stop and go, okay, let's make a teaching moment out of this right now. Who's got one of those parents? Okay, who's, who is one of those parents? Thank you very much. Always training up those children. Teaching moment. And so Jesus has a teaching moment. And he, begin, and he begins to talk to them about faith as he does numerous times. We're going to look at it today. Now, what I want to say right now is, unfortunately, sometimes a truth of the, of the kingdom gets taken by some Christians and so overemphasized that it takes it into error. Any truth overemphasized can put you into the error zone, all right? So what's happened sometimes with faith preaching is it's become selfish and it's become focused on what I want, not for what God wants, and therefore people have kind of taken the principles and taught the principles so that I can have 15 amazing cars. And, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm not even going to go there, but just for for selfish purposes, it gets hijacked. So what we want to do is look at what Jesus says about faith because he taught the disciples a lot about faith. The first thing, let's understand what faith is. Hebrews 11 verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, uh, when Jesus said, if you speak to the mountain and believe in your heart, he's talking about a conviction, a confidence. If you've got a confidence in your heart, if you've got a conviction in your heart where you're not hoping something's going to happen, you just know it's going to happen. You know without a shadow of doubt. That's what faith is. Faith is a feeling of confidence. That word faith is the substance. It literally means title deed. So if, you've never moved, if, you, if I said, you can, I'm going to give you my house, and you go, awesome, uh, I, I, that would be really nice. I'm hoping that happens. But if I sign the title deed over to you, even if you've never been in it, then it's yours legally. Faith is the title deed in your heart of what God has promised that now you might have to go and kick my kids out of my house so you can take it over. Or in, in the, the case of, of most, most faith projects, you might have to kick the devil out of somewhere to take that ground. But ultimately, faith is a confidence on the inside. It's a substance of things that I hope for. Faith is not I'm hoping. And I've, I've had to learn to be honest with myself. Do I have, really have faith? Or am I just praying hopefully and trying to get my words to align what I'm hoping for, but I don't yet have faith in my heart? Making sense to anyone. So Jesus, right through the New Testament, you find that Jesus is moved to action by people's faith. Right through the New Testament, he, we got this idea. So a woman comes to him who's been um, hemorrhaging blood for 12 years in Luke 8, 48. He says, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith 
has made you well. Your faith. It's your faith. I, I like to think of it like this. I want to think that faith works like this. If God has a gift and you're asking for him, and by grace, he gives you an answer to your prayer. It's his kindness that he gives you the answer. And it's yours potentially. But then it's through faith that we reach up and take what God's given. So by, by grace, through faith, God's got so much that he wants to give to you and me. So the woman got healed by faith. Okay, a couple of other scriptures just so you, you, you're flowing with me right now. Uh, the, the four guys lowered their paraplegic friend through a roof. And this is how Jesus responded. He said, when he saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven you. It was faith that moved Jesus to action. He saw her faith when she touched the hem of his garment. When blind Bartimaeus, who'd been blind for many years, cried out to him and said, son of David, have mercy on me. I want to see. Jesus said to him, Mark 10, 52, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Wouldn't you say Jesus made him well? He did. Jesus gave him his sight. But it was by faith that he took what Jesus gave him. That's what you and I, so I'm here to, uh, every year I like to talk, uh, talk about faith. It's a value of C3. It's a value of our church to stir up our faith together. Faith is the currency of heaven. Need is not what God is attracted to. Faith is what God is attracted to. Faith is a magnet that pulls God into your circumstance. Now, let me just be really clear. Faith is not the loudest prayers. Faith is not the most eloquent prayers. Faith is not determined by how much scripture you've memorized, although that will help. Faith is where you have a confidence in your heart that God made a promise and you believe it and therefore it's done and it's going to happen because God made that promise. It's a confidence. It can be quiet or it can be loud. That's not the issue. So you might be facing some circumstances right now. Pretty sure most of us would be of some sort. And you need God's provision. And maybe you've got a promise for it, but you need God's provision. I want to encourage you today that faith is the key to unlock the answers in your life. Maybe, maybe it's to overcome some toxic stuff going on in your mind. And faith is the key to receive that from God. Maybe it's to over, maybe there's a prodigal in your family, you're believing to come back to Christ. The starting point is faith. Now, action follows, but the starting point is faith. Maybe there's a challenge in your business, like, like I had and I had to learn about so many years ago. The starting point is faith. Maybe you need a health, you're on a health journey and you want to get healed. Then you need faith to flow into your heart so that you can access what God has given you through His grace. Could be any number. Maybe it's provision you need faith for. So I want to just to, let me give you a quick overview of how faith works. Okay. So I'm not even going to go into the Greek word, but there's about four Greek words I'm going to kind of give us a quick introduction to. The first we've talked about, it's faith. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's called pistis is the actual Greek word. Then there's, there's some other words that relate to that. The first one is called is unbelief. Unbelief is the absence of faith. So unbelief means I know God could do it, but I don't have any confidence in my heart that he will do it. So the Bible tells us when Jesus went to Capernaum, went to his, where he grew up in Nazareth, in Mark chapter 6, it says he could, do, he could do no mighty works there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. 
and he marveled because of their unbelief. That word literally means the absence of faith. The absence of faith, it didn't mean Jesus was like, well, I grew up in this town and I'm really angry at you, what you did me as a teenager and you picked on me at school. I'm not healing you. None of that. The Bible says it was unbelief because they were familiar with him and he could not do any miracles. Not that he chose not to, he couldn't. Unbelief uh, was like if electricity is going to flow through something and you come and you put a, uh, what's the word up? Help me out. Yeah, something. You stop the flow of a circuit breaker. We'll go with that. Thanks to the two Davids in the front row. Absolutely no help when I needed you. Gee whiz. A circuit breaker. And the power flows, but then there's a circuit breaker that stops the power flowing. That's what unbelief is. God's got answers for your world, but the circuit breaker that stops the flow or earths it is unbelief. Uh, another moment, the disciples, while Jesus was up the mountain, went to pray for a young boy who was, who was an epileptic and kept throwing himself in the fire and was demon-possessed. And the disciples, after they couldn't do it, they came to Jesus, Matthew 17, uh, to, to privately and say, let's go, why could we not cast it out? Basically, why did our prayer not work? Why did our prayer not work? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. The absence of faith in your heart caused this to uh, not work. It was unbelief. And he goes on and says, this type will only go out through prayer and fasting. There's certain things that we overcome through prayer and fasting. Reminds me, church, in about three weeks, March the somethings, the third or fourth or fifth or somebody... Yeah, we're doing great. The fourth, thank you, Lisa. I'm going deeper into the fourth row to get some feedback. That's awesome. Thank you. March the the fourth is when we start a 10-day. I'm encouraging us to do a Daniel fast together for 10 days this year because what will happen, our faith will grow as we get closer to God and things that we've been trying to shift won't shift except by prayer and fasting. So we're going to do that together. Unbelief. So that's the first word you've got to know. Unbelief is stops it's the absence of faith and god is actually blocked from acting when there's unbelief all right number two it's really quiet in here let's keep going number two little faith let's talk about little faith it's another greek word uh and the 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 same root word and little faith is you know because some people go all you need is a mustard seed of faith right so if you just got a little bit of faith you'll get the answers from god Jesus never said all you need is a little bit of faith. He said faith is what you need is a mustard seed, which is a promise from God in your heart. The mustard seed grows into the biggest of all the trees. He said all you need is a rhema word from God to, to, to uh, keep looking after that and to incubate the promise from God, and you can have whatever you say. So anyone who goes, oh, you only need a little bit of faith, Jesus actually rebuked the disciples numbers of times and said, oh, ye of Little faith. So if little faith is good, well, little faith is better than unbelief. All right. So little faith's the starting point. All right. Just don't, now, this is not to make anybody feel bad. There's areas in my life that I have unbelief for. I can't see God acting in it. I want him to. There's other areas that I've got little faith. And there's other areas that I've got strong faith. But being honest about that is the starting point. This is, no one needs to feel guilty about having unbelief. You're praying for something and you've got unbelief. You just got to be honest. I've got unbelief for that and I've got to go to work on that. 
or I've got little faith for that and I need to get strong in my faith. So little faith, I mean, here's poor Peter. He steps out of the boat, walks on water. Jesus gives him the word. He walks on water. Then he, then the, then he sees the wind and the waves and gets fearful, as you can understand. And he, when he gets fearful, because faith and fear don't live together. So fear's entering in, that means faith's getting squeezed out. And as he got fearful, he began to sink, cried out to Jesus, smart move. Jesus rescued him. And you know what Jesus said? I'd be, I'd be going for, please, Lord, well done for stepping out of the boat. That's what I'd be looking for. You know what he said to Jesus? Oh, ye of little faith. Ouch. But it's, it's like a kind correction, and it literally just means underdeveloped faith. You've got some faith. It's just underdeveloped. So we need to develop your faith. Oh, ye of little faith. Turn to your neighbor and say, little faith better than no faith. Okay, then the next thing we, we learn, I just want to help us understand some things today. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. Oh, they're all in a storm in, the, in crossing the Sea of Galilee and, and they're freaking out because of this storm and Jesus is asleep in the storm. And they wake him up. Freak out. Jesus, what are you doing? We're, we're going to die. The storm, the storm. You don't even care. How many times have you thought, oh, maybe God doesn't care because he's not answering? And what he's wanting you to do is for you to rise up and to speak to the storm because you've got the authority to do it. So in this moment, what does he say? He wakes up. He says to them, Matthew 8, verse 26, why are you guys fearful? There's that word again. Why are you guys fearful, O you of Little faith, better than unbelief, better than no faith, but it's underdeveloped faith. And so Jesus, his, whole, his three and a half years or three years of, of the discipleship journey is about taking these guys on the journey of understanding that faith is the currency of heaven to shift mountains, to cast out demons, to see miracles, to see the provision of God flow. Faith is the ingredient. And he's like, okay, that's nice, but I can see more in you. I'm calling you up to great faith or strong faith. There's two other people that, that, who are not even Jewish. One's a, a, um, a soldier, a centurion. He's an Italian. And he said, oh, Jesus, oh, please come and heal my servants. <laughs> Come on, that, was not, that wasn't too bad. Sorry. Okay, he was Roman Italian. Was that all right, Maria? Yeah, come on. That was, okay, let's go. And he asked, and he says, Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house to heal my servant. I'm a man under authority. You just give the word and they'll be served. They'll be healed. And Jesus says, I haven't seen great faith like this. And instantly, the servants healed because of strong faith accesses God. And then another a lady, she's a, a Syrophoenician, and I don't know what her accent sounds like. Please, anyway. <laughs> and she says, uh, she's talking about her child. And she needs deliverance, and she comes, and she's not even Jewish. And Jesus says, Jesus knows, I've been called to the Jews. And she's like, yeah, yeah, but, but she needs this. And she presses in on Jesus, and he says, no. And he goes, I'm not gonna, I've got bread for, for the children. Why would I, you know, the children of Israel, why would I give something that's for them to you? Why would I spill? And he's like got this kind of, he's pushing back on her. But she, I, I love that she pushes back. She goes, well, even the dogs at the table get the crumbs. I mean, 
And Jesus says, that's what great faith is. Great faith pushes back on God. Great faith says, you said. Great, great faith reminds God of who he is. And it wasn't, get it, it wasn't the need of the woman that caused Jesus to move. What the currency of heaven that gets Jesus moving is great faith. So you can have unbelief, no faith. Little faith, which needs to be developed but won't really get the miraculous. You can also have great faith or strong faith. So when they, they got the disciples and got them going or the deacons, they chose Stephen who was full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. You can be full of faith. They got Barnabas, who was one of the, the, the guys who helped Paul the Apostle, and they said Barnabas is strong in faith. Uh, Abraham, the father of faith, the Bible says he's, he, he became strong in faith. And we'll look at this in a moment. So you can become strong or great in faith, and when you become strong or great in faith, you get answers. There's also, that's three things, there's one more just to understand. I'm teaching today because I believe it'll help. There's also the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you come into a certain situation and God will just suddenly, you'll go, you'll, you'll have a surge of faith for somebody. So I remember Pastor Philip, I think it's probably in his book that we're all going to read together. Uh, and he talks about miracles happen when somebody's got faith and a blind person coming out the front on the altar and he went to pray for them and he said, I had no faith for it. I had unbelief. So I figured nothing's going to happen. So I did a token prayer. None of us have ever done that, but Pastor Phil. No, well, I've done that. All right. I, I'm just praying by obedience, but I don't really have faith for it. That's okay. It's a starting place. And he said, to his surprise, the lady got healed. And he's like, what the heck? And then he said, later on, he was talking to his Pastor Chris, and she was in the front row, and she said, when you started to pray for that person, a, a gift of faith came on me and I knew that they were going to get healed and I started interceding in that moment for that thing. So it wasn't your faith, it was her faith and it was the gift of faith dropped on her in a moment. And so some of you have kind of got a bit, that, a bit naturally and you can stir up that gift of faith uh, but the, uh, you can ask God for it in a situation but mostly, most of us are going to go on the journey, the Abraham journey and I'm going to preach about Abraham next week, but uh, let's have a look at Abraham who became fully persuaded. This is in Romans chapter 4. Hopefully I've given it to you. I have. Romans chapter 4. This is Abraham. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. When you've got unbelief going on, you're like, oh, does God want to or does God not want to? Does God want to? You're not even sure if it's his will. That's what unbelief will do. James says if you're, if you're double-minded and you don't have faith about something, don't expect to re receive anything from God. So the starting point is to get to faith. And I'm going to talk a bit about how to. Uh, he didn't waver at the promise of God. Everybody say the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. The next verse says, and he became fully persuaded even though he was 100 and his wife was 99, that God's promise that was now 25 years old could be fulfilled and that they would have a baby that God had once promised them. Now, here's a couple of things that I want to tell you about faith. Uh, faith comes from a promise from God. Romans 10 verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by a rhema word or a word from God. So faith comes not because the Bible says it's possible, 
Faith comes because God quickens a verse to you for in a, so this is what a rhema is. It's a word that's for, for a situation and a specific person at a specific time. And that verse comes alive and God gives you the promise. So my verse when I first started my business was, was uh, God, God said to me, I'll make your business successful. He whispered that to me. And then he said, oh, uh, you'll become a priest uh, and others will look after your flocks, but I'll give you a double portion instead of shame and humiliation. Now, over the years, and I wrote about it in a book called The Wheels of Financial Blessing that I released, I wrote about my journey of seeing God move in, in a business mainly through a rhema word from God that got in my mouth and then got in my heart and then became creative as I spoke it out. So that's a rhema word. God will give you one. Here's the good news. A 30-year-old rhema word from God can still work today. It's still got creative power. It's still able to, to move mountains. It's still able to shift things. But the priority, so you don't need to get rhema word after word from God or prophecy after prophecy. What you've got to do is get that prophecy in your heart. And that seed, that mustard seed that got in your heart because God said something to you and you're like, oh, yes, something's going to happen. I promise. It's amazing. It got in your heart. And then here's the way, this is how it works. You begin to speak that word day in, day out. You meditate on it day and night in it. You'll have success as you declare. You just speak. So I want to just give you a little example in a moment. Uh, okay, now I'll, go to, I'll flick to another one. Before that, about five years ago, so I'd seen sustained success in my business for 25 years. Most just after I broke through a, a number of years of hell, we broke through because of God's promise, learned how faith worked, and had a series of success. But about six years ago, uh, I, we announced something to the church about land for the future of this church, and it felt like I poked a hornet's nest of the devil and a breakout in multiple areas of our life after that declaration of, of opposition and just pushback began to happen, and one was in my business. So for five years, uh, we lost money every year for five years. For five years, just all hell broke loose. And so God reminded me, so I just, when, when all hell breaks loose, you keep going with what God said to you. You get wisdom. You manage in the meantime. You just do what you got to do while you're managing, but you hold on to faith. And so I be, begin to declare things. And so one of the scriptures God gave me in that was, I, uh, I, will, I have upheld success for you. I've stored up success for you. That's what it was. I've stored up success for you. And so about a year ago, that became fresh to me. And I just say, God, you've got success for this, this one part of my life. And I began to just declare it, declare it. And what happened about six months into last year, I began to feel confident about it. So I went from, oh, I'm faced with so many challenges, to I'm faced with so many challenges, but God says. And by declaring what God says, my heart began to feel the faith, began to feel confident. And the little faith got strengthened. Little faith gets strengthened. And the way it gets strengthened with the confession of what you say. A couple of scriptures just to help you understand this. Hebrews 10 verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. When you get a word from God, you, you might need to put a reminder on three, every, three times a day to stop and spend five minutes just speaking that one word over your life. Maybe it's over your prodigal. Maybe it's over your health. Maybe it's over yourself. 
This is, this is the last thing I want to get. So a couple of little thoughts. Faith leaks. So you might have been full of faith at one point, but faith leaks. Disappointments, delays, discouraging things, they happen to you and, and that your faith all sort of out of your heart. But you know how to get it back again. And this is why we need to, I believe, if you're doing something in the kingdom of God and you're, you want to see God do something in your life, you need to be a person who's a self-faith feeder. That's why reading a book like Pastor Phil's, I'll just say, read it every year. Until this, and not even until, just keep, because we've got to be reminded. Listen to messages that have got faith on them. Being in a church like this has got a spirit of faith on it. So that you come into church wavering, but you leave getting stronger. You're like, I'm going to go after faith. I'm going to go after the promises of God this week. That's what I'm going to do. So faith leaks. The other thing we do need to know, it's very legitimate to go, well, I've got faith for finances, but no faith to pray for healing. That would have been me. So after five years into that business journey, I'm like, okay, let me at anybody who's got a problem with finances and I'll pray for you with so much faith. And then what ha- happens is there's often a rub off or a transfer of faith. God might not act straight away, but you've got the chance to catch a spirit of faith on that area. But then if you said, pray for me because I'm really sick, I would have gone, yeah, that's not me. I don't have faith for that. And so then God came and prophesied to me over me about healing. And so that began the love-hate journey of believing God for healing and disappointments. And here's how faith grows. Faith grows. Uh, I don't, remember the old school photo, photography class where you would get a negative? Okay, okay, guys, help me out. All right, Hannah. Years and years ago, you take a photo, it would be on a film, it would be all dark, it would be all the negatives. And then the way that you would develop the little negative into the real color photos, you'd go into the dark room and put some material on it. And in that process, you'd bring the, you'd bring the well, you wouldn't, but someone would, would bring the colors out and you'd get this photo. Beautiful analogy of how faith becomes fully formed. You get the, the negative, the prom- you get, you get the, the photo, the promise from God. Then the negative starts happening. You go into the dark place or it seems like the word's being challenged and the devil's attacking the promise and God seems to have forgotten about you. That's what it says about Joseph. Until the time that his, uh, that his dream came to pass, the word tested him. So you're in the dark room. You can't see the fulfillment. But all you've got, you've got to remember what God said to you. You've got to remember the picture he gave you. And in, it's in the dark that faith is fully formed. So if you're in the dark, believing God for a promise to come to pass, you're in the right place. That's where faith really begins to work. And the way that you make it work is what you say. And the power, it's not just in your words, it's in what God said about it. And if you can get what God said in your mouth, speaking out loud to yourself, and over the circumstances, things will happen. Last little story. In 2007, we went through a hell of a season in church here. And a number of, it was just, a, it was painful. All right, just trust me, it was painful. And I began to be crippled with self-doubt. And sometimes, the, I will, I'll probably say this, the greatest need for faith in my life over the last 30 years 
has been to believe that I am who God says I am. And then out of believing who God says I am, things begin to shift. And so there's a little photo that I want to put up on the wall. Look at my servant. Put that one up. It's just a little photo. Hopefully you've got it. The scripture card. If you come into my prayer study, there would be 50 scripture cards on my walls. All the promises that God's given me at one point because I know my prayers are supercharged when I speak what God said. And so during this period of time, God gave me a rhema word. I was, like I said, crippled with insecurity. But God said, look at my servant. That's me. Whom I strengthen. He is my chosen one who pleases me. I put my spirit upon him and he will bring justice to the nations. And although I'd wake up most mornings, I remember it in our house, questioning myself and and filled with doubt and, and, and feeling like, oh, have I really got what it takes to lead our church into the next season? I'd start to get that scripture out and begin to declare it. Because what I needed faith for then wasn't finances or healing or, or, or something else, a ministry to grow or a prodigal come back. I just needed faith to believe that I am who God called me to be. And so I just speak that over myself every morning. Father, I thank you that I am your servant. I am your servant. I am your servant who you chose. No one can knock me out. You chose me, God. You chose me, God. I'm chosen by you. And you put your spirit on me. That's awesome. I need the Holy Ghost. So you put your spirit on me, God. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit. And you're pleased with me. There's some people really ticked at me. But you're pleased with me, God. You're for me. You're pleased with me. I say it, you put my spirit, you've chosen me, oh, and you strengthen me. God, I need strengthening. And you strengthen me. That's what your word says. Your word in my mouth produces faith. And God strengthens something in my confidence and my resolve in that season that couldn't have been strengthened any other way. That's what obstacles happen. That's what dark places happen. All right, can we uh, stand to our feet together right now? Your, your mouth is powerful. Your words are powerful. When you speak the words of God. There's a little chapter here from Pastor Phil. And I'm just, I'm, we're just going to practice together right now. Awesome. I'm going to just give you a phrase. I want you to say it. I want you to say it over yourself, over your life. I would, I would imagine that in our anxiety-fueled world right now that many of us lack confidence about who God's called us to be. And you can change that by declaring the word. But I want you to say some of these things over yourself. This says, I like my life. This is the end of a chapter. I love my job. I love my family. Come on, a bit louder. Life works out for me. I love God. God loves me. I'm a happy person. I'm a peaceful person. I enjoy people. I eat the right kind of food. Come on, prophesy somebody. Uh, This is Pastor Phil's book, just to be clear. I read the right kind of material. I think the right kind of thoughts. I speak the right kind of words. Inside me, the sun is shining every day. I love that. I find solutions to problems. I find answers to questions. I find what I'm looking for. You're doing well. You're almost halfway. Doors open for me. My mind is healthy. My emotions are stable. My emotions are stable. Just, okay, sorry. I'm happy with the way I look. 
I am so good looking. I just put that one in there as well. I'm changing the areas that need changing. I'm growing stronger every day. Come on from the back row, let me hear you. I'm walking with God. God is walking with me. I'm a prayerful person. I enjoy praying. I love the Bible. I love my church. I love my pastors. That was just a bonus one. I love God's word. I love God's people. I love worshiping God. I love serving God. I'm a creative person. I'm a healthy person. I'm a fit person. Prophesy. That doesn't do it on its own, just to say. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I've got a page like that that I declare over myself every day, mostly taken from Scripture, to renew my mind so that I know who I am as a starting place. I encourage you to do the same. Faith is the currency of heaven right now. Lift your hands to God.